Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. But what, one day Jason had this, uh, this great idea that he wanted to be a bull rider, okay? I knew something's wrong with him right then. You know, I'd suspected it before, but you know... I was like, okay, so we drove over to Midland, Texas. There's a place over there that had a, a little bull riding pen, and so uh, you could pay them 20 bucks, and oh, we're on live stream now, so welcome everybody on live stream. So anyway, uh, I just had to get out of the way, right? Step aside. Y'all ever heard anything like that before? Um, anyway, so Jason uh, uh, wants to go ride a bull, so we, you know, he gets a bull rope, and we go over there, and, and I'm going to pull his bull rope, okay? If you don't know what that means, you know, uh, you, you kind of run, uh, run the rope through, and you kind of hold it up, and those guys, they kind of, you know, they kind of do like this with the rosin on their glove to, to make it sticky, and so he sticks his hand in there, and, and I, he's like, more, more, I'm pulling, I'm pulling, I'm pulling. He's like, okay, so he puts it through his hand, and then he wraps it around his wrist, and then he sticks it through his pinky. I like called a suicide wrap or something like that. I, I don't know. Anyway, I was like, you sure? He's like, yeah, I'm going to ride this. I, All right, it's your funeral. So I jumped down, and, and because of the way the, the turnout was and everything, that I was standing in the arena, you know, to pull. So anyway, I just kind of backed out of the way, because there's like four shoots right there, and it was a bull riding arena. So it wasn't very big. You don't want, you know, a huge arena, because too many things can go bad. So anyway, I, I kind of back over here to, to my left, looking at the shoots, and I would be on the right. And so anyway, I watched my little brother go, all right, boys, let's go. And they opened up the gate, and, and that bull come out, and he made a couple of big old jumps, and he's going like this, and Jason's doing pretty, pr pretty good. I mean, he's kind of flopping like a fish. I think it's more just balance than, than anything that he's, he's staying on. But anyway, that bull kind of, and I'm not talking about turning like tornado or, or I don't know, any one of them bulls. You know, it's just kind of a dink bull. But Jason kind of won the first kind of round, and he's just kind of bucking in a circle. Not really, I wouldn't say spinning, but kind of half turning, half spinning. And so the first round, Jason does pretty good. He's athletic and everything. And the second round, he gets over about like this. And then the third round, he gets over like this. And that old bull, I think, kind of sees him out of the corner of his eye. So he just kind of quits the, quits the circle, and, he, and he turned, that bull turns to his left, and he goes, and he starts heading right for me. Well, I didn't do nothing to him. I, I, all I did was pull a rope. You know, of course, I might have sucked him. You know, pre, I'm pretty stout, you know, so he might have been a little upset about that. But anyway, so I kind of get over like, uh-oh, uh-oh. I don't like bulls, right? Especially bulls that will eat you. And, and I don't know if this is a carnivorous bull or not. So I get over here on the side. And, and so Jason is rocked off on his right side. He's riding with his right hand. And he's looking sideways now. Well, he is in what we like to call a predicament. I don't know if there's a predicament or predicament or... He's in a jam, okay? He's in a jam because he's got a decision to make, okay? He's rocked off on his right side. He's all the way over here like this. Well, if he bails off, he's hung. He's hung, okay? And he can't pull himself back up 
And that bull is taking him right down the fence, and it is two and three-eighths drill stem pipe. You ever been a kid and walked by a picket fence and go, with your hand? That's what that bull is fixing to do with his forehead. And I have a front row seat to this predicament, this jam, this problem. Without thinking, I could see, we can laugh about it now. That old kid's eyes was just big around. And so what I did is I stepped up on that bottom rung and I dallied my left arm into the top rail of that pipe. And as Jason came by, I stuck my right arm underneath his left armpit. His face hit me right in the chest. And I said, it's okay, brother, I got you. And I pulled as hard as I could. And he come out without a scratch on him. Without a scratch on him. If I wouldn't have been just, and it, it had nothing to do with me. I, I didn't say, okay, when I pull this bull rope, I'm going to run right over there in case something happens. I was actually trying to get out of the wreck. And, 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 and I really do feel like, if for no other reason than this morning that God put me right where I needed to be, but I had a decision to make. Was I going to step in and get into a fight, a big fight, to try to help somebody I loved, or was I just going to leave it to somebody else? And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We've been talking about the four steps to a fantastic future. We've been talking about getting legged up, because Jeremiah 29, 11 says, God says, I have... For the Lord says, I have plans for you, plans for good, not for evil, plans for a future, plans for prosperity. But you know what? A lot of times what we do is we sit back and we go, okay, God, you give it to me and then I'll step out. Well, God will give you the promise so that you will step out, but a lot of people never reach the promises of God because they don't do anything. And, and two weeks ago, we talked about how we have to step outside of our comfort zone. Abraham, and that's we've been studying the life of Abraham. At this time, his name is Abram. God is going to change his name to Abraham. But Abram leaves the land where he was to follow a promise that God had made. He went to a land that he'd never seen before. Later on, this land would be, would be described by a man named Joshua when he was reporting to Moses. He said, it's a land flowing with milk and honey. There was such big grape clusters that there had to be two men with a log to support the cluster of grapes. This is what God has promised us. Plans for good, not for evil. Plans for a future. But we have to, we've got a part to play in it. Okay, I didn't say that the power would be up to us. I said that we have a part to play in it because God is going to bless us as we continue to follow him. God blessed Abraham. First off, he says, go to this land that I will show you and I'll make your descendants more than the stars in the sky. And Abraham said, man, that sounds great to me because I ain't got no kids. I'm like 75 years old. I don't know how this is going to happen, but it's going to happen. You're never too old. You're never too young. God is calling you. You wouldn't be here right now if God wasn't calling you. You, don't even, you may not even understand why you're here. Just something said, man, i got to be here. i got to go here. The reason is not because of Kevin Weatherby or Save the Cowboy or Ty or anybody. It's because God is calling you. 
And you have to step outside of your comfort zone. You've got to step out. Second step, you've got to step aside. You've got to step aside, man, and, and just be the bigger man sometimes. And when you do that, God will bless you. God told Abraham, when Abraham stepped aside and said, Lot, who was his nephew, he said, we're, we're having a problem because we got too much. We got too much cattle. We got too much sheep. We got too many cowboys, and they're kind of starting to bicker over over who's got what grassland. So you choose one way, and wherever you choose, I'll go the other. Lot chose the, the, the Montana grass, right? And Abraham had to go over there to the deserts of Texas. You know, and that, that's kind of the way it was. But Lot got himself in a wreck, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So. Um, Abraham has gone over by Hebron, okay, and um, Lot has chosen the Jordan Valley. That's where he wants to run all of his cows, okay, with all of his cowboys and everything. And, 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 and Lot sets up his headquarters at a place called Sodom, which is real close to a place called Gomorrah, okay? So, anyway, there was these four kings, okay? Now, you have to understand that right now, Israel Israel has not yet been born. Abraham is the father of all the Israelites and everything, so God is building a nation. That nation is not built yet, but this place is settled with people, and so um, when I say there are four kings, basically, you're a king if you're the like the mayor of a city, okay? Each, it's like city-states, so when I say that there was four kings, it's four big cities that wanted to increase their land. So they come in and they start invading, okay? They come in from the north and, and they're invading uh, Canaan or what would later be Israel. Four kings decide to invade the area. And in this area where Lot is, there's Sodom, there's Gomorrah, and then there's three other. So four kings come down to invade five kings. Okay? Following with me now? Four kings coming down from the north. Pretty powerful. They've been wiping out everything in their path. They get to this area. Well, these five kings, Sodom, Gomorrah, and three others, they come up to meet him. So they grab all the men, and back then it wasn't like, well, I don't want to do that. They killed you or you went to battle. Okay? You want to talk about the draft, right? So, he, so Lot has to go. All of his cowboys have to go because that's where they're headquartered is in Sodom. So they go up there and they get whipped. They get their butts handed to them. Lot is captured. Most of his men are captured, which is at least at this point better than being dead. But Lot is captured and, and most of his cowboys are captured except one. And what does this one cowboy do? He whoops and spurs over down there to West Texas. And he says, hey, man, I come over here to the desert around Hebron. And he really didn't go to Texas. I'm just using that as an illustration. He whoops and spurs over to Hebron. And he comes sliding up and, and jumps, off, jumps off his camel or his horse. I don't know. And, and tells Abraham, he's like, or Abram. He says, hey, man, they got your nephew Lot, man. Abraham's like, what happened? He said, hey, man, these four kings came down. These five kings came out to me. They handed us our butts on a platter, and Lot is now a prisoner. So what does Abram do? He has a decision to make. Now, Abram has already stepped out of his comfort zone. Abram has already stepped aside and let Lot have the biggest 
portion of grass in the entire land of Canaan. It's not working out very good for Lot so far. So Abram gets 318 of his trained fighting men and goes to battle these four kings. See, the third step in our four steps to a fantastic future is sometimes we got to step into conflict. It's not always going to be roses. You know, we, we, we hear about, um, um, you know, people, well, you know, if, if you just come to Jesus, everything's going to be okay. I, I'm here to tell you, folks, it's not going to be okay. Not if you truly follow. Now, you will be blessed. You will be made stronger. But there's going to come a time when you have to make a decision. Are you going to step into the arena or are you going to remain a spectator of life? Are you just going to wait in line and just watch the action? See, God didn't call you to be a spectator. God called you because one day he wants to prepare you. He's going he's to want you to step out of your comfort zone. That's going to be one part of preparing you. He wants you to step aside. No longer think about yourself all the time. Because until you step aside, you're never going to be able to step in. When Abram gets his 318 fighting men to go get his nephew, he doesn't know if he's going to succeed or not in the back of his mind. Now he knows the promise God made. And I, and I think that Abram had, had the greatest faith that there ever, seen, there ever was. And we'll talk more about that next week. But you know what? He didn't really know what was going to happen. He was putting himself in harm's way. He was putting his cowboys, his trained fighting men in harm's way. But he knew that it was time to step in. But why would he do this? Because he had a lot to gain. Ah! God, I worked on that one forever! <laughs> thank you thank you I love that guy right there thank you Jack you're my hero because he did he had a lot to gain you get it do I never mind so what happens what happens he goes at him with his great humorous wit no he doesn't no he doesn't he goes over there and he hands them their butts on a silver platter he hands them, and he rescues his nephew, Lot. And he doesn't just leave with his nephew, Lot. He leaves with all of Lot's cowboys. And he leaves with a lot of honor. Thank you. I'll be here all week. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. So, the third step to getting legged up for a fantastic future is being able to step in. Step into conflict. Step into the arena. Step in to quit being a spectator in your Christian life. Okay? When you follow God, eventually you are going to have to step into scary and dangerous situations. And, and maybe you're never going to go on a covert, you know, military mission like Abram did, okay? But there are lots of situations. You know what? If you are comfortable, you are probably not following God. I put this on, on, on Save the Cowboy the other day on our Facebook fan page. I said, those of us that follow our hopes and passions live, have, no, what did I say? Everything about our lives is amazing. Even the pain 
It's not easy. It's not easy. You're going to have to step in. Why? Because God did not call you to be a spectator. Okay? Maybe, he, maybe your gift is prayer. Maybe you're going to go into spiritual battle. But I guarantee you, if you are battling spiritually, man, you're going to feel this burden on you. And it's going to feel like you're in a real battle. Maybe your spiritual gift is faith. Where, you know, your, your, your faith may be tested. I'm not saying that God tests our faith. I think that the world will test our faith. But it's going to be the hardest thing you ever did. You are not called to be a spectator. You are not called to sit up and watch the bull riding from the stands. You may be called to pull gates, putting yourself in harm's way. You may be one of these that's going to ride the bull, whatever. You may be the shoot boss. You may be a judge. You might be the rodeo clown that has to jump in and save other people. Okay, I don't know what the situation is, but God is calling you out of the stands and into the arena. You are not called to be a spectator. Many people come to me and they say, well, you know, I, just, I, I don't know what God wants me to do. And I go, well, just do what he's already told you to do. The Bible is full of the things that God tells us to do. You are not called to be a spectator and I'm, I'm going to warn you right now, there is a battle in your life coming. There is a battle coming. I would be doing you an incredible disservice if I stood up here and just tried to, tried to tell you, oh, if you just come to Jesus, he's going to take care of you. He's going to wrap his loving arms around you, and nothing bad will ever happen to you the rest of your life. Uh-uh. It ain't going to happen. It's going to be hard, and you're going to grow, and you're going to be tough. And God is going to strengthen you. And he's going to prepare you for the battle. But you have a part to play in it. He will never get in front of your free will. If you don't step out, he's not going to make you. Then he would be overriding your free will. There's a battle coming. Number one, you are not called to be a spectator. Number two, there's a battle coming. And my third observation about this right here, and I, I, man, I, I just got to say this. Maybe this was obvious to you. I like the fact that one cowboy from the country did, with about 300 cowboys, did what five, four cities could not. One cowboy from the country. Abraham wasn't a city. He was a rancher out at Hebron. But when, 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 when people needed it, you know who they came to? They came to the fellows in the country. You are not here by accident. God is not gathering cowboys and cowgirls from all over Elbert County and all over, you know, watching online. God is not, if you are hearing this, it is because you probably identify with Abram. You probably know, you get that feeling inside your gut that God has brought you here for a purpose. And man, that's an exciting but scary and, and, and you know that something good is, is, is coming. But when something good comes, man, usually hot on its heels, it's something hard, but you can do it. Who will we be fighting? Think about this. Let, let me say before, before, I, before I talk about who our battle is going to be against, we have really been working. You are going to see a lot of, of may, it's not a lot of bad changes, but there's going to be some changes. People for five years have been asking, how can I get involved with Save the Cowboy? We are going to start getting you involved with Save the Cowboy, okay? 
I get emails. I get messages on Facebook. I get all this stuff. Hey, man, I want to get involved. I love that. But a word of caution to those that have and will step up. Number one, my job is to train you and lead you, okay? My job is to train you and lead you. Your job is to train hard. I can't train, I can give you the information, but I can't do it for you. You have to take the information that I give you, that the Word of God gives you, and you have to do the work. Your job is to train and follow. And I'm not talking about follow me. I'm talking about following Him, okay? The second thing is, my job is to prepare you, okay? Your job is to be prepared. I'm telling you in advance, you want to get involved with Save the Cowboy? If you want to follow God no matter what, it's going to be hard, people, and it will be the best thing you ever did because God is going to bless your socks off. But it ain't going to be easy. And number three, if I can make you quit with words of preparation, you would have never stood a chance against the devil. If I can scare you off with a sermon... Or even if you say, no, I, I heard your sermon, man. I, I'm, I'm ready to get involved. I'm on fire. I want to do this. I want to do that. And then I say, okay, here's the first thing you do right here. And you're like, well, I don't like the way you said that. I've quit. You know what? If I can run you off by loving you and preparing you, you would have never stood a chance against the devil. That is my job. I am trying to prepare you. I will be tough on you. I expect you to be tough on me. That's the way it works. We're family. We're going to push each other. If we push each other, that means we have to be there. This is not the, the typical accountability and discipleship that you hear the words a lot because that denotes I'm here and you're here. That's not the case. I'm here and you're here, and I'm going to push you, and I want you to push me. It's the way me and Ty do it all the time. And I want to do that for you, with you. I want us to push each other. That means when I get bucked off, you're going to be there to help me up. And when you get bucked off, I'm going to be there to help you up. And we're going to ride through heaven's gates in glory. Who will we be fighting, though? Okay? Who will we be fighting? Number one, the very first battle you will have to face is this right here. You will have to fight the three kings called pride, ego, and reputation. A lot of people that say they want to follow God never make it through the first battle. They can't let go of pride, they can't let go of ego, and they can't let go of their reputation. They, they, they just, I, I can't do that because what will somebody think? Or, no, I know better than that, than that skinny preacher in the, in the black dirty hat up there. He don't know what he's talking about. Okay, fine. First battle is going to be with pride, ego, and reputation. Your second battle is probably going to come with family and friends. You know what, I, I, I absolutely love my sister-in-law. When I, They were the very first ones that I told them that I was going to become a preacher. Way back when. This is the PG version of what she said. I was in her house with my brother and my sister-in-law, and I said, I've got something to tell y'all. What? I'm taking a job as a preacher. And my little sister-in-law, all five foot, 503 pounds of her, with her blonde hair and blue eyes, Puts her hands on her hips and goes, it, that's fine, but if you ever pull any of that holier-than-thou stuff on me, I'll whoop your hiney. I said, I'm not going to change. I'm going to get better, and God's going to work it through me. And not too long ago, she came up to me, and all five foot five, 103 pounds, blonde hair, blue eyes of her, put her arms around my neck, and she said, 
you've helped change my life. And I thank you so much for the man that you've become and the impact you've had on my family. That makes it all worth it. Sometimes you're going to have to fight family and friends. I have lost friends because I have followed God. Whether they ran off or whatever, I just have to say, you know what, I'm going to go this way. I'd love for every single one of y'all to come with me. But you know what? Some of you won't. Because you can't even get over that battle of pride, ego, and reputation. So you'll never make it to that family and friends part because you're going to have to choose one day. Are you going to follow God or are you going to follow your friends? Are you going to do what God says or are you going to do what your family says? You've got a choice to make. The third fight that you're going to get into is your fight against the worldly ways because God said that we are a new creation created in Christ Jesus. The Bible also says that do not be conformed to the patterns of this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind to offer yourselves as living sacrifices because this is God's true act. This is our act of true worship. You're going to have to fight the worldly ways of materialism, materialism, of spending our entire lives so that we can go get more stuff of, because the advertisement said if, if we drank this or we, we, we bought this that we would feel better, but our closets are full of these stuffs that were supposed to make us feel better but didn't, and, and we bought this because it said it would make us skinny, but it didn't. And, and it, you know, we bought this pill because it said it'd give us muscles like Kevin, and it didn't. And Okay, Jack, that's enough. That wasn't that funny. <laughs> the worldly ways of materialism, one of, one of the greatest destructive forces that I've seen in recent past, talking about worldly ways, is the destructive nature that politics has on the body of Christ. I have seen a line drawn right down the middle with brothers, Christian brothers against Christian sisters over politics. I hate that. You can, you can think whatever you want to. You can pray however you want to. But God has called us to be unified, not divided. Okay? Worldly ways of materialism, politics. How about this love of money? The pursuit of money. God himself said no man can serve two masters. He will hate one and love the other. You cannot serve both God and money. And I know that there's a lot of emotions ranging through you right now. And, and I totally get that. And I just want you to know right now I'm pushing you. I'm pushing you towards God. I'm, in, I'm trying to encourage you. <laughs> I'm trying to prepare you. I'm trying to strengthen you. And four, who will we be fighting? Number four, probably the most dangerous enemy of all. It is the very thing that got Jesus killed. Or that killed him, not got him killed, but killed him. You know what that is? Religion. Religion does more harm for the body of Christ than anything else. You know what religion does? Religion says that insists on conformity. That we all have to act the same way. That we all have to think the same way. That we all have to do things the same way. Religion says conformity. Religion says, I know what God said and you have to do it. And if you're not doing it that way, then you're not a Christian. If you don't do it the way I tell you to, I'm going to go to another Sunday morning service. That's all religion, people. You know what Jesus came in and did? There's all these ants called religion that were scurrying around God's homeland and everything. Jesus walked up and he just kicked the whole dang ant pile because he says it ain't about religion. It's about depending upon me. It's about loving God and loving others, not about conforming to a religious set of standards. 
Now, I understand. You're saying, but, 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 but. Leave those buts at home. You follow God. There was a deal the other day, and, and, and I see like 90% of the people in here, there was this huge debate on do you wear hats in church? Ooh, there was some strong opinions. There was some real strong opinions on that whole deal. And you know what I said? I tried to be the voice of reason. And I said, you know what? If it's a concern to you, you pray about it. And if God tells you to take your hat off in church, you take your hat off in church. And if God says, why are you worried about hats in church? Then you don't have to take your hat off in church. But see, there was people in there, no good for nothing cowboy would ever put his hat on in a building. That's all religion, man. that's, That's nothing but religion. God called us to a relationship, not to a religion, okay? But here's the great news. When, when Abram stepped out, it's because God made him a promise. He said, man, if you'll do this, you go to this land, I'll do all of this. I'll make your descendants more than the stars in the sky. Abram said, okay. And then you know what God did? God went and zipped his lip. Not Abram's lip. God quit talking until Abram got legged up. And when he stepped aside and let Lot choose when he was the bigger man, when he prayed about it and God said, why don't you step aside? I don't know that he actually told him that, but that's what Abram did. God said, because you stepped aside, I'm giving you everything. Look to the east, look to the north, look to the south, look to the west. Everything that you see is yours. And he wasn't talking about this. God was saying, there's nowhere that you can't go that I will not bless you when we step aside. And what did Abram do here? He stepped in to a battle to go save his family, to save the cowboys that he knew so well. When we go to battle and come out, as the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4, 8 and 9. Listen to what the Bible says. I'm I'm not saying this. The Bible is. We are hard-pressed on every side, yet not crushed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. We are persecuted, but not forsaken. We are struck down, but we are not destroyed. That's what the Bible said. And you know what? Abram went into battle against those those four kings. He went to battle against those four kings. One, and you know what? After it was over, you know what God told him? This is what God said to him. And I, man, if, you, if you've just heard a bunch of this whole time, man, just, just kind of look up here and listen for just a second. In Genesis chapter 15, verse 1, after all of this has happened, this is what God tells him. Then the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. Then, then the Lord, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision and said this, do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield and your very great reward. Do not be afraid, Abram. I am your shield. I am your very great reward. In the middle of your despair, in the middle of your battle, in the middle of your ride, God promises to be there. When you get rocked over on the side of a situation that could easily stomp you, mash you, and kill you, God will be right there to put his arms around you. And without letting go, when your face hits him right in the chest, at that moment that you think everything is lost, that everything is over, God is going to be right there and he's going to wrap his arms around you and he's going to go, it's okay, I've got you. Do not be afraid, Kevin. Do not be afraid, Joshua. Do not be afraid, Chris. Do not be afraid, Ryan. Do not be afraid, Gerald. Do not be afraid, Bobby. 
Do not be afraid, Luke. Do not be afraid, Annette. Do not be afraid, Katie. Do not be afraid, Daryl. Do not be afraid, Joe. I am your shield, your very great reward. Let's pray. God, every promise you've ever made is available to us to use because of our faith in your living Son. The Son who made himself a sacrifice to cover every sin, to heal every wound that damages our soul, and to lead us into a life of purpose, adventure, and most especially, Jesus leads us to you, God. You are our very great reward, and we look forward to the day when we will stand in your presence, and we thank you for allowing your spirit to live within us right now. God, let us listen to that spirit's leading as we prepare to step out of our comfort zones, to step aside and not think of ourselves all the time, and to step into the battle that we will have to face within ourselves and even within our families, in our communities. And God, we just thank you so much for being our shield and for being our very great reward. And it's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Hey, cowboys and cowgirls. We're super excited to be giving away a chance at a brand new one-of-a-kind custom Save the Cowboy jacket. It's our way of saying thank you to all of our recurring gift givers. To enter, simply go to savethecowboy.com and click on Donate and set up a recurring gift of any amount. You can even enter by texting Save the Cowboy to 77977 and you can be set up in less than a minute. Remember, this is only for recurring gifts. You will receive one entry for every $10, so a gift of $50 will get you five chances and $100 will get you 10. Drawing will be held on March 1st, 2017. For Save the Cowboy, this is Kevin Weatherby. I'll see you next time.